how important was it to you to be the number one paid defensive player? Um, it wasn't important. It was just, you know, it's about, you know, other things off the field that was going on in my life that I had to get situated. And, um, you know, being here with an organization that I've been with since day one, um, that I, I grew with, you know, became a world champion with and, and ready to try to run it back and, and, cre and create that whole feeling all over again. But um, it's about winning with me, you know, and, and the pieces is here to, for that to, you know, come to fruition. And um, for me to be a piece of the puzzle and be here right now, it's a blessing. You know, outside of his wife, Erica, who I know very well, I think if anybody uh, is authorized to say what I'm about to say on behalf of Aaron Donald, it's me. Uh-oh. For obvious uh -oh. reasons. Uh-oh. No, that's no uh-oh. No, it's no uh-oh. It's just the answer to the question that it wasn't important to be the highest paid defensive player. Oh, no, it was important. Even if it wasn't important to him, it was important in general that Aaron Donald get broken off real proper like first of all that story came and went kind of quickly did it not <laughs> so yeah, much for Aaron Donald right. retiring right uh, you know it all it all worked out in the end but here's the thing man you know one of my favorite lines whether you want to assign it to Felicia Snoop Pearson in the wire or William money and Unforgiven, is deserves got nothing to do with it in this instance deserve had everything thing to do with it. I'm going to state the obvious, but it, it, it deserves to be stated as many times as possible is this man deserves every penny of this brand spanking new three year $95 million contract 95 that comes with $40 million, million guaranteed. Okay, this is a great day for defense. I believe only 11 quarterbacks uh, average more money than he does. And it's probably 11 too many. Okay, we want to be honest about it. Like this is a great day for defense and it's a great day for getting what you deserve. His resume yeah. speaks for itself. His impact is beyond the, the already impressive numbers that he's put up over his eight year career. So just good for Aaron Donald. Good for the Rams. Good for football that this guy gets the contract he deserved and is no longer underpaid. Exactly. He was underpaid. Exactly. Vastly underpaid. You say you say good for good for football. You see that list under Aaron Donald. And there's a bunch of 20s in there to put that three on there to get that Aaron Donald money. It just really completes the circle for him. He won the Super Bowl last year. He's been uh, a defensive player of the year multiple times. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, he has been recognized as one of, if not the best player in football. I haven't gone that far yet. I haven't said he's the best player you know in football, where, but know, he's in the top three. You know three. where I stand. He's in, you know where I stand. I know. He's, he's in the top three, top five. But now, the impact off the field for Aaron Donald, because every other player can say, you know, I've reached the point where I need that Aaron Donald money. That Aaron Donald, like, we, we know what that means now. What that means is, you better put a three in front of it instead of a two. And I know there aren't many players in football who can even sit at that conversation and look Aaron Donald in the eye and be a peer. Sure. And, and they understand. They're speaking the same language. Most of the time, he's, uh, as Mike Krzyzewski once told a, a recruit, you ate, I, I understand great players. You ate alone last night, didn't you? It's a solitary existence when you're as great as you are. All right, so Aaron Donald lives that life too, where he's a soloist. He's just not another member of the band, but 
for those who are approaching that level. They're going to say Aaron Donald money and we're all going to understand what that means. It's great. You're right. It's great for football. It's great for him. I just like I just like that and, and I always wondered. I kept asking like why isn't this quick and easy? Like why isn't it just a matter of just handing him a checkbook Stan Crockett saying here, you know, put what, what, what you need, whatever it is, whatever it is with it. No, but I'm saying but, but that's why it wasn't what you make it. That's why I make an exception. Clearly it was. Tell me, tell me what, tell me what the contention was. Tell, tell me what aspect of the deal does not favor Aaron Donald. He got a completely new deal with a forty million dollar raise that he's tied to the Rams for two years. He can retire with no penalty. Pretty soon, if he right. wants to, he could be a free agent and go to another team if he wants to. Like this is a very player friendly deal, and I'm saying this is refreshing because for once it did not have to be contentious. We talked about this a lot. Like just well, because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Just because you have the hammer doesn't mean you have to necessarily use it like Aaron Donald. No pun intended as we watch him, you know, work through his, you know, usual two and three double teams. Aaron Donald actually yeah. had leverage here because the Rams had a choice. Either you do right by the best player in football or he walks away and doesn't play for you and good luck defending your title that you worked so hard to get that you that you spent so much in draft capital and actual financial capital to get to get. So it was nice to see that this wasn't some long, drawn out, contentious process well, where right. he ended up, you know, holding out from training camp and his drug into, you know, August and even September. They actually did the right thing. And it's nice to see a team do the right thing by a player for once. Yeah, I, I, but I'm not necessarily putting complex and contentious on the same plane. I think it was a complex deal, not because, oh, it needed to be. Uh, uh, adversarial. I'm saying it's complex because there's nothing like it. There's no one like Aaron Donald. And when there's no one like a player and you're trying to come up with a contract for this unique player, the contract is going to be precedent setting because you can't say, well, no uh, let's just let's just model it after uh, Denzel Ward's contract or uh, or, or TJ Watt's okay. contract. No. Maybe it's the word different. that I was missing is reluctance. Like it, it should, it should not put it this way. It should not, even though it's all said and done, it's all good. It's water under the bridge, over the dam, wherever you like it. He's signed, sealed, and delivered. He's coming back, right? It should not have taken the amount of time, and within that time, filled with speculation. Some of it fueled by Aaron Donald. Okay, doing a press tour, talking about him being at peace. If it didn't work out, there should have been no if ands or buts about whether this was going to work out is all I'm saying. We knew that the deal was going to need a lot of guarantees, if not being fully guaranteed. And we knew it had to have a three in front of the average per year, both of which he accomplished. And on top of that, he gets the freedom to be able to walk away without financial penalty. In other words, Michael, all I was saying is Aaron Donald is so good. You talk about Aaron Donald money. Let's talk about Aaron Donald leverage. Aaron Donald is so good and so dominant and so important that this really wasn't much of a negotiation from the Rams perspective. This was about how much do we have to give him to make him happy and bring him back. That's what it should have always been about. Clearly, given the results of the deal, that's what it was about. It got to a point where he was happy and now he's back and, and, and it's all good. Happy ending. And you know, he keeps talking now. He keeps talking and I like it. Keeps talking about getting that feeling back uh, of, of winning a championship. He wants to do that again. It's all about winning. And I think I like their chances. 
I like their chance. It's not like uh, they're the runaway favorite, but I don't think anybody would be surprised if once again, uh, last game in February 2023, we're sitting there watching the Rams versus somebody and Aaron Donald's got a chance to go back to back. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's a defensive player of the year in the 2022 season either. Yeah, no, I, the only thing that would surprise me is if he play, if it ends up and not to get too far ahead of ourselves is if he ends up playing a couple of years for the Rams and, you know, ends up moving and changing teams. And, and I don't see even even though, you know, regardless of what was said, this has a lot to do with money, if not all about the money, understandably so. He yeah. was criminally underpaid. Um, I do. I don't see him as a guy that wants to put his body through this into a, a you know a 12 14 15 year career you know i do think he finishes at, my prediction is that he finishes as a ram this is his last contract i don't think at age 33 34 years old he's still taking that pounding for another team um under the guise of, of being a free agent that, that's the only thing that would surprise me he'll 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 add more to his trophy case in the next couple of years but i think he's got just a couple more years left to do this he cashed in at one last time and he's moving on. The thing now, now, speaking of negotiations that don't have to be contentious, but let's stay in the NFC West. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, you got one way, thing on this? Go we, ahead. Yeah, yeah go just ahead. one more thing. One more thing. Uh, I yeah, think sure. we're past this period. Well, we may be past this period uh, where where college students, uh, well, high school students, uh, find out what schools they're going to. Right. Uh, it's usually like in the spring. It's usually April mm -hmm. or May. And, and and a lot of people get caught up in this. Hey, it wasn't my first choice. I didn't get mm -hmm. into the school that I really wanted to get. I wanted to get into the Ivies. I wanted to get into the. I wanted to go to Howard. I wanted to go to Spelman. I wanted to go somewhere, and I didn't get in. And you feel right. like that is like some type of sentence. Keep in mind the beautiful thing about the Aaron Donald story is this guy was a two-star. He was yeah. a two-star high school right. recruit. They my said he was too small. They said he yeah. was too small and he just happened to be from Western Pennsylvania. That's why Pitt came in and got him. He wouldn't have he didn't have a lot of people looking at him saying, hey, that guy is the next. So just keep that in mind. Now, this is just a this is a great yeah. inspirational story, too. He's at the top now. No question. So think about where he came from and you'll be inspired. Oh, he was not an overnight success. He was not an overnight success. Uh, Ninety five million over three years passes the ninety two point three million paid to Josh Allen. And obviously, far surpasses the 63 paid to Patrick Mahomes in the first three years, which that three-year payout is really a, a benchmark for these contracts. I just love to see a defensive player no longer be a prisoner to the idea that oh, you're not a quarterback. Like that's another thing we got to graduate past is looking is, is paying quarterbacks strictly based off the position they play. It may be the most important position in sports, wow. but not everybody should benefit from that. <laughs> you know what that I mean? Like happen. the pay scale should not be it should not be so far out of whack just because somebody plays quarterback when an Aaron Donald has just the same uh, if not more impact on the game than most of the people playing quarterback and just benefited benefiting from having played. That's that a runaway position. train, though. That train has run away and we are we will never capture it. Now what's like happening? Like you just said, that, like you just said, there's but, a precedent that's set. We just we just got a guy break that break that thirty million dollar barrier. I get it, but if I say in that position, if what's going to happen is uh, if you keep your quarterback, you go pay him a lot of money, and then if you don't like your quarterback, you just keep drafting somebody or trading for somebody until you get what you like. But 
as, as the salary is not going to the salary is not going down. No, 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 it's, it's but the no, I'm not saying it's got to go down and obviously and all of them won't get the same amount as Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I'm saying the defensive money needs to come up whether that's whether you are an interior yeah. pass rusher an edge TJ Watt type rusher or Miles Garrett or who or, or what have you even somebody in the secondary like these guys for far too long have had to live under the you know the restrictions of oh well, you're not a quarterback so we can't pay you quarterback money. What if I'm the best player in the NFL? What if what if I'm what if I'm uh, <laughs> right. you know dominating the game the same as a quarterback does? What what about how about the fact that I my job is to disrupt the opposition's quarterback? Then that put me somewhat on equal value. Anyway, how do you value Debo Samuel? Uh, Debo Samuel uh, reporting to mandatory 49ers minicamp. That's a contract story we've been following ever since it uh, first uh, came became known that he wanted a trade. Uh, that's not going to happen, nor should it happen from the team perspective. I, I do like how Debo's playing this though, because a you can get fined for missing mandatory minicamp, so you want more money. Not a whole lot of logic of giving away the money that you have, even if it is to prove a point, and even if your only leverage is withholding your services. But I think there is something to be said about negotiating in good faith, and part of that good faith is showing up and being a good employee, with the understanding, with the understanding, Michael. That y'all are gonna play ball management, and if you don't, training camp may be a different story if it becomes necessary. That, that makes sense. It does make sense, and I think you know this is almost uh, this is this is sending the right message overall. You know yeah. what we just talked about with the Rams. The Rams did did right by uh, Aaron Donald. The Niners are try are attempting, we think, to do right by Debo Samuel, but this ain't normal. Okay, I mean, I, I think it's going to happen, but this generally doesn't happen. Yeah, most Which of the part? time the players uh, showing up? coming in players showing up and still getting a deal. You usually most teams operate this way. All right, you show up and play and we'll see what happens. There are no guarantees. If you don't show up, well, there's a price. There are going to be consequences for you for for your not showing up, and we're going to take some money from you. And the and 49ers could find them almost $100,000 for not showing up mandatory. Uh, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I do trust that this is a good faith negotiation, and I hope it happens. But it's just so rare. I wish it would no, happen. In other words, that. I wish it, I wish it would happen with the That's... 27th guy on the roster, not just the top five guys on the roster. I, I think I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen where guys hold out and eventually they end up reporting without a deal. So the holdout didn't move the needle at all and they end up having to show up because it's time to get those real checks. And, and, and we figure out the we, and we figure out the fines later on. I've seen that happen. I've seen guys to your point uh, exert the one leverage that they have, which is their services. And end up getting a deal. I've also seen people show up and get a deal. I, I think I think every circumstance and every dynamic between player and team is different. Um, you're right. Like if you show up now, maybe the team may be less inclined to move quicker yeah. because you're there. So it's like, okay, well, we got to worry about. He's here. He's, no playing, he's playing. He's right, playing a good there's soldier. No urgency. There's, there's right, no urgency. There's no. Maybe, but sometimes. 
teams will say, well, if you ain't here, we're not, we're not going to negotiate until you come in, you know, and, if, and when, when you come in, we'll talk. So neither of us, unless you know something I don't, neither of us is necessarily privy to the pace of these conversations behind closed doors. I, I know I'm not, maybe you are, but I'm not. I'm saying like I've seen it work and not work every way, every which way, depending on however the player wants to play it. You show up, they may say, hey, you know, we're not, we're not doing your deal because you're here. And even if you weren't, even weren't going to redo re re your deal because we just can't come to an agreement. You don't show up. Sometimes it moves them. Sometimes it emboldens the team to not do the deal. I, I believe that the Niners yeah. understand that they have a special player here. And this is not just your garden variety wide receiver who you can afford to, you know, ignore. I think they got to feed this man. Okay, feed him. Yes. There's this little issue. There's this little issue that we're not talking about anymore. What's that? So we're the good. Now? He's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, He's pretty good. much. We good. Yeah, oh, we good more or less. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So really it most of the time when people hey, it's lifestyle it's this, you know, it's no. not about the money. We know what okay, it is. Okay, this is what we should yeah. do. This is what we should do. <laughs> okay, let me offer you a lot of money and then I want you to tell me it's not about the money. So you turn well, remember, that down, then I'll know. Let me just offer you a remember, bunch of money. Let, let's, let's be fair. Let's be fair. Remember, correct me if I'm wrong on this, I think, because it's, you know, it all kind of runs together. Wasn't the reporting that he did not want to engage the Niners on a deal? Wasn't that the reporting about, about the Debo Samuel situation? I don't, I don't remember that. You, you might be right. I thought Because it was him and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, like, we know he's right, in there right. with Baltimore. But, like, but Debo just wanted yeah. to be traded and did not want to talk deal. They wanted to sign him. Now, they wanted to sign him on their terms, of course. Okay, which probably has something to do with it. But I'm pretty sure that was a detail in the Debo reporting that he didn't necessarily want to engage. And he still never really explained himself, to my knowledge. There was a lot of cryptic, cryptic tweets. So, again, you're right. You know, Without, the, old, the old adage in sports journalism is whenever somebody says anything about the money, it's about, it's about the money. I'll just say on this top, this uh, top 10 list, keep this up here for a little bit from overthecap.com. This is where you would kind of, as an executive, you'd say, all right, is this the best way to spend our money? If you look at the top 10 paid wide receivers, there's some guys on there. It's, it's, it's a mixed bag. It really is. You know, Christian Kirk at 18. So, all right, you don't know what's there. Tyree Kill, kills with the Dolphins, in case you didn't know. Yeah, Tyree. Disregard that chase yeah. right next to him. Yeah, yeah. Well, Tyree kills. Well, but I think, but, I but, mean, but here's Mike, a, here, here's a common denominator. Cooper here's got traded. But, but, but see, that's, but that's, that's, but that's like, nah, you gotta, we gotta keep this, that, that's misleading. DeAndre yeah, Hopkins okay. is on wow. the team. DeAndre, well, put the list back. Put the list back, even with the mistake. Put the list yeah, back. Yeah, bring that back. I, I, bring I, that I, back. Bring that back. Because now I gotta, now I gotta, because there's a there's a Bring common theme back. here. There's Bring a common the theme here. Back. DeAndre Hopkins is on a team with a quarterback on a rookie contract who's looking for a new deal. So they could afford yeah. to pay DeAndre Hopkins at the time that they did. Julio Jones is no longer with Tennessee. I believe that that was the holdover contract from, from Atlanta, Atlanta. That's Atlanta that he had. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Devontae Adams, he's not with Green Bay anymore. I don't I don't even know if this is from this is average salary. I don't know if this is from last year or new contract. I can't tell. Because it, it doesn't say. Is this, is this yeah, 2021? Yeah. Okay. Is this the new contract? He just got paid in Oakland. So that's so can't really, you know, I don't know what to make of that. It's got Green Bay next to him. 
Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, both on a team with a quarterback again on a rookie contract. On a rookie the deal. Bro the Browns never paid Baker Mayfield and did some, you know, interesting math when it came to Deshaun Watson's contract. The Saints ain't paying a quarterback anymore, even though they had already paid Michael Thomas. And they went in cap hell for it. The Tyreek Hill's in Miami. Paying, but the Bucks, the Bucks are. are uh, uh, and, and, we, yeah. and we know they we know they are F that F that, that cap team. Tyreek Hill again, not in Kansas City, is in Miami, rookie contract for Tua Tungavaloa, same with and Christian Jacksonville, Kirk in Jacksonville rookie quarterback. with Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. So we we've talked about paying wide receivers. You know, do you pay them? Do you trade them? Different teams have approached it differently. Um, well, all right, we hey, take San Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco got a quarterback on a rookie deal. On a rookie deal. There you, you know? go. So well, Trey Lance. As soon as, so, as, soon yeah, as they hey, dump the guy making twenty-five million dollars, yeah, <laughs> who's, yeah, who's not at mandatory? Who's not at mandatory? Camp. All right, we're gonna go ahead and take this break now. But we come back though. That sounded real TV like. When we come back. Yeah, we're yeah, gonna yeah. talk about Mike. I, I was gonna, I was gonna sneak it in just now, but we ran out of time. We're going to talk about something that somebody presumably got paid to do that's got the internet going nuts and it'll probably make your head explode. I don't know if you've seen it already. If, if, you, if you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about, but I just want to see your head explode. Okay. All okay. right. So, Mike, we just got finished talking about Aaron Donald getting paid. Okay. We just talked about the need for Debo Samuel to get paid. Somebody over at Pro Football Focus, and they do great work for the most part at Pro Football Focus, um, got paid to put together a list of NFL head coaching rankings. And maybe their job was to kick up dust. Maybe their job was to troll. Yeah. Maybe their job was to get people talking. Did you see this, Michael? Did you, did yeah. you see this list? So, so you're not, so, oh, I didn't so see you're not surprised. What I'm, no, I didn't see the list. Oh, oh okay. No, I didn't see the list. Okay, because no. when, when I saw this, I said, we're doing this topic if for no other reason to get to have Michael Holly's head explode. Okay, so oh, I'm gonna go ahead and take this. Oh, this I'm gonna okay, take this handoff from Pro Football Focus because PFF it. pissing people off on Twitter. I see it. So I'm like, oh, I gotta use this to get. Okay, so I, 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 yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and shut up. I don't know. What I don't even know. Alphabetical? I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, no, what are we doing here? I don't know. I don't know. What are we doing? I don't. I, I, I don't know. Shalise, maybe you can help us out. Shalise Young from Yahoo is here. Maybe you can help us understand in what world a head coaching rank, and there's probably more problems than just this one, but the most egregious yeah. one seems to be that got most most people's attention is Mike freaking Tomlin. At, at 13. number 13. And that's Sean the one McVay. that's got most people talking. So, and Sean and Brandon Staley. Yeah, and, and Sean McVay. Absolutely. Hey, Brandon Staley, dog, make the playoffs first. Okay, make the playoffs before we even start talking about you getting ahead of Frank Reich. Make the playoffs. Frank Reich. Frank Reich. Frank Reich, win your division. He's never Cliff won his Kingsbury division. Jerry at four. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this is ranked hey. off of like dopest houses. Maybe it's like, oh, got the ball. But then Sean McVay would be John higher. Harbaugh, so, you John know. Harbaugh in the same division has won fewer division titles than Mike Tomlin. Like, like you know, like, what's up? What's up? What are we talking about? I don't get it. Mike Brady? I saw Shalice? that. Come on. I Can saw that list this morning. I, I saw it this morning. I only saw the top 10. 
and you know as you guys probably use it too we had slack going and we were on fire like we could name like 12 things that was wrong with just the top 10 like how do you not have the reigning super bowl winning head coach in the top 10 but you have the other three coaches in the nfc west all in the top 10. i mean pete carroll at number five That's and kingsbury at four so egregious like so egregious and if like you guys said if they were hoping for engagement they got it because I yeah, can't it's, make it's more like, of this list. It's almost like they can't make up their mind whether or not they want to reward for past performance. Yes. And yes. you know, and, and and current because if it's like, okay, Pete Carroll off the strength of going to two Super Bowls and winning one, I guess if you just want to talk well, about resume. Exactly. Okay, Mike McCarthy, same thing. Mike McCarthy's ahead of both <laughs> McVay and Tomlin. Is that off of Green Bay? Like what is that based off of? There, there's another one here. There's another one here. Shout out to my people in Western New York. How's Sean McDermott at 16? <laughs> Yo, Sean and, McDermott and is 16. Behind Zach Taylor's not even in the top Nick half. Nick Sirianni. Zach Taylor's not even in the top half. Zach Taylor got his team to the Super Bowl. He turned them around and wow. got them to the AFC. They won the AFC. <laughs> I, I, this is amazing. I, this this is list amazing. is, this this is the best thing I've like, seen today. Just for it the might pure be. comedy of it, it's the best <laughs> yeah, I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. Might, I, I'm impressed. <laughs> you, you ate a whole wheel of cheese? Like, like, I mean, I can't believe it. Both. I mean, this is, I, I don't know, maybe maybe this is like it's a summer, somebody was about to leave, they're like, you know what, I got to hurry up and get this, this out, didn't put a whole lot of thought into it. Let me throw it, a grenade. Know. Throw the grenade yeah. and then run. Because <laughs> I'm like, why is Mike Tomlin trending? I'm like, oh. <laughs> That's why. And Somebody all tripping. Right, so, when you when you have like let me ask you guys you both have uh, covered Bill Belichick. When Bill Belichick is at one, do you give him one just because of hey six Super Bowls, or do Ooh, you say all right? That's a provocative right question. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we yeah. do. That's what we do. No, I, 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 like, look, I like how you turn it there. I'll keep it a hundred. I told my coworkers on Slack this morning. I don't know that I would put Belichick number one. Not if we're talking about right now. I don't know that I would. Where, I don't know. So I, where does he belong? I, and it's a good. It's a good. It's a good conversation. Where does he belong right now? You know, for all top, intents and okay, purposes, okay, safely top five, right? Yes, at definitely top, top five. five. Right? Okay. You could almost make the argument Sean McVay should be number one right now, right? I mean, every assistant he's had, or every coordinator he's had, except Raheem Morris, big surprise, the one black guy, every every coordinator he's had over the last few years has gone on to become a head coach. He's been to the Super Bowl right. multiple times in the last, what, four years. He won the most recent one. He showed us that Matthew Stafford is a Super Bowl-winning quarterback, which he hadn't even won a playoff game before uh, this past February. So you can make an argument that Sean McVay should be number one. Wait, okay, before we get to Belichick, because oh, I, I do want to get deeper into um, the Patriots and, and, and their problems at the moment. But back to this list, though. All right, I, f- I feel like we can agree on this. The top five should be in no particular order, but this should be the, that, that head table, that grown folks table. Belichick, Harbaugh, Andy Reid, Mike Tomlin, Sean McVay. That's the top five. Is that fair? With all, with all due respect yeah, to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, okay, yeah. Cool. I'm, I'm so, good there. So in some particular yeah, order. So specifically when it I'm comes to Belichick, five. though, 
I, I'm gonna do something that I don't normally do with you, Shalise. I don't normally do period. I don't because I don't like playing devil's advocate for the sake of playing devil's advocate. But your logic is undeniable on Sean McVay in terms of what have you done for me lately. But like I just feel like Belichick, again, with a rookie quarterback, albeit a first round pick, the bar is so high until taking a rookie quarterback and going to the playoffs last year. They had one down year. Belichick got to got to fall off a cliff for longer than the last two years for him not to have that number one spot just off the strength of them Super Bowls. Now Brady is gone and, and done his own thing in Tampa and maybe that changes the conversation. I, I get it. But like part of me, a large part of me, and maybe this is devil's advocate talking like wants to default to Belichick to answer Michael's original question. I think you can, you know, I guess it depends. We don't know what the criteria was. And like you said, in some ways, it looks like it's a body of work type of thing versus a more recent, but then other people, it's just a, such a strange list. It's very, because if you're going on body of work, how is Mike Tomlin not up higher? Right. You know, and right. if you're going, right. if, he should certainly be above Cliff Kingsbury. What is Cliff Kingsbury? They do great over no, the first, but I was... you know, 11, 12 games and they fall on their face towards the end of the season. The Belichick thing, you know, if, I would say he's the greatest coach in the history of the NFL because having yeah. watched him for almost a decade, you know, the thing that it seems so basic, I've said this a hundred times, but other NFL coaches clearly don't get it. He figures out what you do well and he puts you in those positions to succeed. And it seems like such a simple thing, but obviously other NFL coaches don't do that because they haven't been able to replicate his success even half as much as he has so it seems like a simple thing but to see him and again i've said it before but that 2011 uh super bowl when they lost the second time to the giants they had no business being in the super bowl that year that pass that passing defense i think was statistically the worst passing defense in the history right. of the nfl at that time and he got them to the super bowl so you know it, for my money greatest nfl head coach ever is right. he the greatest head coach in the nfl at this moment Right. It's very much a, it's, it's, it's very it, I think it is. I think it is. I just had to, you know, cape up for hoodie, I guess. But there is a there is <laughs> it, it's, it's, a, it's a best NBA player kind of feel to it. Said, it's like, said no you, one ever you, said, said, said no one outside you, of Foxborough ever. <laughs> do you do you do you default to Kevin Durant or is it a new guys type thing? But anyway, but Michael, I'm gonna take a page out of your book and now I'm gonna turn the tables or and put the shoe on the other foot and ask the two of y'all this. So we talked about Belichick and we showed the headline a second ago. A lot of, lot of murmuring, discussion, whispers about who the offensive coordinator is going to be. And I think it's Jeff Howes is, is suggesting that it might be, and maybe others, that it might be Matt, as trending toward Matt Patricia, who yeah. we know came up in that organization, has is, is got a brilliant football mind. Before he was the defensive coordinator and then the uh, head coach of the Lions, he was coaching the offensive line, you know, and obviously was in the personnel department last year. You mentioned a second ago, Shalise, the idea of setting a team up to succeed. Is this setting Mac Jones and the Patriots offense up to succeed, Shalise, putting Matt Patricia in charge of calling plays on offense? On its face, no. It would seem to not be. Um, the one thing that I'm not sure of, because I'm not in the, I, I haven't been in the building every day for a long time, but last year when Patricia was a consultant or whatever he was for all we know maybe he was preparing for this 
you know maybe josh mcdaniels made it known that hey this is it i think it's time for me to move on it's been long enough i want a second bite at the head coaching apple maybe you know who knows and maybe matt patricia has spent months all of last season or part of last season figuring out that that he you know i guess working toward being an offensive mind or the offensive play caller it's completely unorthodox um we all remember you know did it andy reed make his offensive line coach the defensive coordinator a few years ago and that really you know several years ago when he was with the eagles and that really did not work out well so you know could it go that way but then you know like we said so many people are going to give belichick the benefit of the doubt because so many of the moves that he's made over the years have worked out and it might be that Bill is the OC because we've seen him do that before. So right, yeah, right. What you think? What you think, Mike? Yeah, I was gonna say, Shalice, that's a great, great example that Andy Reid. That was a dream team, and the guy they moved on from, the the dream team to win eight and eight in Philadelphia. The guy they moved on from was Sean McDermott. So they get McDermott out of there. They bring in uh, uh, another another was coach. Was it like Juan Castillo? Really, yeah, and they fired yeah. him midway through and it was a disaster. They fired him midway through the year and they brought in somebody else, but they they kind of sacrificed uh, Sean McDermott to bring this plan on and the plan was unsuccessful, but I think th in this case, I think it will work because I think people are getting caught up in Joe Judge when we last saw Joe Judge disaster in New York when we saw last saw Matt Patricia as a head coach disaster in Detroit. These guys are not good head coaches. Nobody's going to argue that. But Mike and Shalise, tell me this. How many times have you looked at Bill Belichick appointing somebody as an assistant and saying, you know what? It's not working. I mean, I, I'm not saying he's got a perfect record, but most of the time his assistants, he knows what he can get out of his assistants. That's why they keep getting head coaching opportunities. They don't really they don't necessarily kill it as head coaches, but they do crush yeah. it as assistants. And so I think I think with Bill kind of directing them, Hey, this is what I want you to do. I think they'll be fine. It's completely unorthodox. The Joe Judge as quarterbacks coach thing, I almost find that a little bit more questionable because Judge <laughs> has spent years as a special teams coach, right? And what Daniel Jones' mm, regression, <laughs> let's use that word, when he was with the Giants, and you know, it's just, it's completely unorthodox. It definitely is... Um, interesting as we all know we all have heard belichick say so many times over the years that from year one to year two is so important in uh the career of a player and that's where they are with mac jones and so for him to have lost uh josh mcdaniels and to it from the outside it looks like uncertainty of course you know they may know exactly what's going on uh within the building but it it looks like wow are they potentially jeopardizing Mac Jones's career with this. But again, we've seen Belichick make so many strange moves and they work out or what seems strange to us. Hey, um, as usual, you you uh, you put it down on Yahoo the other day when you responded to Rusty Harden's uh, unfortunate and let's put it in kindly unfortunate remarks about yeah. happy endings uh, on 610 radio in, uh, in Houston. Um, I, it's hard, it was hard to imagine at 22. It was like it was just yesterday we were talking about the real sports uh, uh, report on Deshaun Watson, and that's already dated because we've gone from 22 right. to 24 since that aired. 
And the details of the 24th lawsuit are disgusting, to say the least. Um, what, what should the league do other than just stand by we're going through our process? Is, is, is paid leave in order now? I've said that I would be shocked just off the, the sheer optics of this situation. Forget guilt or innocence. Just off the optics that if, if Deshaun were suspended for less than a year, when they got around to disciplining him, just given how ugly this entire situation is, what should the league be doing now? How how bad does this? How bad a look has this gotten to be? Or, or worse looking has gotten to be, Shalise? I think it's I think it's getting worse. The thing that always clouds my judgment is that there's what I want the NFL to do. And what I've seen the NFL do over and over and over and over and over again. Yes. What I expect is these cases involve women. And Daniel Snyder has been protected to the ends of the earth, even though, you know, he's, it's not just that he allowed the gross toxic atmosphere of the workplace in Washington to happen. It's he's been accused by multiple women of playing a role in this, you know, the, Greg Hardy was allowed to come back into the NFL. We've seen time and again what the NFL, either individual teams or the NFL writ large, has done in situations. What I would like to see happen, one game for every woman that stepped forward. One game for every woman that stepped forward because these details are horrific. And no, they have not, according to these grand juries, risen to the level of criminality. But clearly, he's a predator. He was reaching out to women with the, and and Rusty sort of like confirmed that in this radio interview where he's saying like, oh, if you get happy endings, it's no big deal. Deshaun Watson, it very much seems that he was reaching out to all of these women with the intent of having some sort of sexual encounter with them. And it, it just seems predatory and these women are scarred you know the most recent woman she alleges that this happened and she left the business shortly after these women are licensed massage therapists you know rusty says the other day oh getting a a happy ending is no big deal if these women are you're just you're just propagating this trope you know this idea that they're in it to do sexual favors for people no these women are licensed massage therapists they had to meet whatever criteria the state of texas had to become licensed massage therapists it is a law that he must he was supposed to be wearing like a bath sheet like a very large towel slash sheet type of thing to cover himself for himself and also for the massage therapist and he was showing up in like According to a lot of them, he's like, oh, I have this little, you know, washcloth here. I'm just going to cover myself. And it very clearly seems like he went into these encounters to intimidate them, to scare them, to exercise some kind of control or power over them and put them in this situation. And yes, some of them may have gone along with it, but that doesn't mean that clearly not all of them did. Clearly not all of them were okay with what happened. And Rusty Harden running around saying, oh, no big deal if you make somebody uncomfortable. No, that is the definition. That's, that's why you're right. in this that's position. I, I thought <laughs> he was a lawyer. literally not how it works. I, 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 I thought he was a lawyer. That's, I'm not a lawyer, but I, but I know better than that. But here's the, here's the one thing I would, I would say, and Michael and I talked about this the other day. 
I'm with you on what the league should do and what you expect them to do. I always expect the league to go whichever way the wind blows mm -hmm. and to protect its image. Regard like we know that the league doesn't really care about women. We know the league doesn't really care about black people, but I actually think it's, it's, it's contrary to their, their body of work. I can't imagine a world in which the league thinks a, 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 a four or six game suspension in this current climate is going to fly. I'm literally just putting on my my personal conduct policy. You are held to a higher standard regardless of what the criminal or civil court said. You know, you have put yourself in a position that is unbecoming of an NFL player says the, the statement that they're going to release. So I actually do think that in this instance because of, of the of the past that you brought up uh, when it comes to the NFL's missteps when it comes to women and also Shalise it's much easier to, to drop the hammer on a player much more convenient mm -hmm. even to drop it on a player than it is on an owner. That's right. No, I, I, I have hope. I hope I really I hope that the NFL and especially this thing with the way his contract is structured that he's only earning, you know, whatever the league minimum is in base salary for 2022 because you know, the, the Browns and his agent clearly are hoping that, well, yeah, even if he's suspended for all of 2022, he doesn't lose any money. That is the most gross detail of the whole, of, of the, you know, Brown situation to me. But I want the league to step up and say something. I, I keep hearing all the time, like, Roger Goodell really believes in these things, and he has daughters, and, you know, he believes that black men should be hired by coaches and, and women are, should be respected. This is the opportunity to do something about it. He should not be in this privileged place. There is nothing that says that, you know, he has to be allowed to play football in 2022 or 2023. I mean, if Major League Baseball, Trevor Bauer is not facing criminal charges. And if Trevor Bauer has, what, a two-year suspension, why can't they do the same thing with Deshaun I think, Watson? I think they're going to feel a lot of pressure, too. Right or wrong, they and I hope they do. Yeah, optically, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell you, yeah, yeah, man, this is something. And, and you know what I would say on, on the way it's out? It's amazing. It is. This story is absolutely incredible. And I, I hope somebody is working on a thirty for thirty or something because when you think about a year and a half ago at this time, this young, this this guy was held up as the paragon of virtue and donated his first NFL check to victims of the hurricane. And now here it is like this guy's a predator. He's reaching out to women under the guise of wanting, you know, a therapeutic massage and doing, you know, things to exert his power over them. He clearly that is I don't want to say kink. This is it's because kink is something, you know, all people are on board with. This is something that gets him off and it's not it's just so gross and wrong and it's just it's incredible to me, and I know there are people who still support him. Like, what number, if 24 is not enough for you to be like, hey, let's back off, then it, there no number is too much for you to say, you know, as long as he plays for my team, I don't care. Hey, Shalise, we appreciate you. Let's, uh, let's continue this offline. We got to take this break, but we appreciate you. Thank you. Mike, you know, it's always a pleasure to be joined by our brother, Jim Trotter. And Jim, <laughs> I know the pride of Howard University. I know uh, re repping him nice today. 
That's great. I know you were listening to Shalice Manza Young talking about Deshaun Watson, the ongoing Deshaun Watson situation. What does that mean? Who knows? It depends on the day. Uh, just your thoughts on what Shalice said and in, in your own reporting of what you've uh, what you've heard on the latest with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I love Shalice. I mean, she's one of my favorite followers on Twitter because she holds people accountable, which is what as journalists we are supposed to do. So anytime I can hear her speak, um, I'm down for it. I even even said on Twitter I was hoping I was the first guest because I didn't want to follow her. She's such a hard <laughs> act to follow. So, um, look, I agree with many of the things that she said. I, I do believe Deshaun Watson has a problem. Um, I'm not here to, to discuss his guilt or innocence because I haven't seen the evidence. But what I do know is that when you have this many claims against one person, uh, I have a hard time believing that every one of them is not true. And the other thing I would say to you is after watching the HBO Real Sports broadcast, um, there is no way that I could watch that interview, particularly with the first guest, and not believe that she had been traumatized by what took place. Um, so for me, um, the leak had set itself up in a position where when it initially stated that you do not have to be prosecuted or even charged, to face discipline, and we have seen the commissioner hand down discipline on players who were not charged before in situations like this, um, I think he's going to have to come down pretty heavy on Deshaun Watson. And look, there are a lot of layers to this. Um, I'm, I'm truly disappointed in the Cleveland Browns, although I'm not surprised, I should say, uh, for them to say that they did their due diligence and that their third party did his or her due diligence. Um, what it felt like to me is that they had an ending that they wanted, and I, and I don't mean any pun here with a happy ending, no, but okay. they, had an, they had an ending that they wanted, and once right. they got some information that it would allow them to reach that conclusion that they wanted, they went down that road. And for people to say, well, the Haslam family cares about women and D Haslam cares about women, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is also the organization that signed a player who was caught on videotape actually kicking a woman. So you can't tell me one thing and ask me to forget what I've seen and to accept what you're telling me here. And the other thing I would say about Deshaun Watson is this. For him, maybe the biggest problem is that he's not an NFL owner. Because correct me if I'm wrong, guys, because I, I, I don't want to say anything inaccurate. But we have an NFL owner who was caught in a prostitution ring at a massage parlor and he has not faced any discipline from the NFL. Am I right or am I wrong on that? You're right. No discipline I'll because he was able to, they were able to look at it and say it was an illegal search. It's like, look, it's like you're speeding. It's like you're going 95 and a 65 and say, hey, but you know what? They shouldn't have, they shouldn't have had the radar on you at that moment. It's all thrown out. Well, don't mean it didn't happen. It, it, it doesn't mean it didn't happen. It just means it was a little and sloppy the NFL, on the technicalities. And that's, and that's, and that's right, the, and the NFL has of, told of, us of again. Daniel Snyder's, Daniel Snyder's allegations, or even for that matter, I was just going to say uh, Mark Davis's. But go ahead, Jim. No, no, I, I'm saying to you guys, and they've told us in the past again that you do not have to be charged or prosecuted to face discipline. Yeah. And all this talk yeah. about being held to a higher standard, that owners and league, league employees, executives are going to be held to a higher standard. I'm not here, you know, to bag on the league, but I'm just saying, where's the consistency in this? So if you're going to come down on Deshaun Watson for this, how do you not come down on an owner who we know from law yeah. enforcement 
was involved in something similar. That's all I'm asking. Yeah. Um, on the field, Aaron Donald has set the standard uh, for interior pass rushers, defensive linemen, defensive players, best player in the league for my money. Jim, I believe you agree because we talked about that before. Uh, speaking of money, got that $95 million three-year deal, $40 million raise. What's the significance of such a deserving uh, defensive player eclipsing that $30 million threshold? Yeah, you know, Mike, there are a couple of layers to this for me as well. Um, number one, I want to say props to the Rams. Um, the one thing I've seen from them is that they will pay for performance and they will take care of the people who perform for them. So Aaron Donald gets paid. Matthew Stafford got paid. Um, we know what they did when they went out and traded for Jalen Ramsey and they paid him. So I love that about the Rams. Number two, I think the reason I could never be an NFL executive or a team executive is because I don't subscribe to the theory that you do things a certain way just because they've always been done that way. I am so tired of hearing that we pay quarterbacks this and we pay wide receivers this and we pay edge rushers this. Thank to me, you. the best players on your team should be paid the most huh. money. And Aaron Donald is the best player on the Rams team, if not the best player in the NFL. And therefore, it, we should not be celebrating that he crossed the $30 million threshold. To me, Aaron Donald should have crossed the $40 million threshold, just like many of these quarterbacks in the NFL. And so that's how I feel about it. Aaron Donald is everything you want if you are an NFL team uh, executive or a coach. He is someone who never cheats you in terms of a day's effort. He is someone who brings it every Sunday, and he is a guy who finishes games. When you go back to the playoffs last year, the Rams won that Super Bowl because Aaron Donald finished the game in the NFC Championship against the 49ers, and he finished that game against the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl. So to me, I still feel he's underpaid. Oh, you know what? What you this just said, this Mike, segment, Smith, Mike Smith is going to oh. take that. That's his pen tweet. That's a pen tweet. What you just said, no. he's going to take the transcript. No, nope, no. Nope. All I was going to say was this segment, Jim Trotter, because we got to go to break. We're out of time. This segment was an Aaron Donald like performance. You crushed this appearance much like Aaron Donald crushes <laughs> offensive protections. And I don't know what they're pay what we're paying you at NBC for your insight, but it's but it's not enough. I'm going to say it's not enough. What? Hang on. No, what? I'm not being paid. No, I'm not being paid. And I told your producers I didn't want to be paid because one, I'm not a regular. And two, I love you guys so much. You guys are my brothers from another that I didn't need to be paid to be on your show. Well, we, well, we love you too. And we appreciate that. But as the Joker said, Ooh. if you're good at something, don't do it for free. So we're going to talk. It's all right. <laughs> I, I'll make it up We're going to talk. And it ain't my money, I'll so you know. <laughs> Thank you, man. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you later. Great stuff, Trotter. All Love right, you, Trotter. man. All right. Mike, very old NBA tradition. Uh, goes back, I mean, Pat Riley. Uh, Pat Riley used to do this back in the day. Pat Riley and Chuck Daly used to go back and forth. Phil Jackson and Pat Riley. Uh, just this whole work in the officials. Greg Popovich has done it. And sometimes you do it in one game to set up the next game. I remember the, the Lakers lost to the Celtics in game two of the playoffs. Leon Poe, that's how you pronounce his name, Poe, uh, had like 20-something points. After the game, Phil Jackson said, man, for Leon Powell to get more free throw attempts than Kobe Bryant is a disgrace. Next game, game three, Lakers get a lot of free throws. They win the game. 
My point is Ime Adoka got a technical on purpose in game two, thinking about game three. He didn't like the way the game was called, didn't think his guys were getting the benefit of the doubt. Look out for that in game three. Okay. Um, we'll break that down and much more. Because uh, game three is tomorrow, right? Game three is Wednesday. Finally, because I can tomorrow. look for Emerson playing game two. All right, man. I know, I'll see I like you tomorrow. In the meantime, I know how you're going to spend your evening. Same as I'm spending mine, I'm going to listen to Prince. Would have been his 64th oh. birthday today. So, not that we need mm. today as an excuse to listen to Prince. We do that every day. I already started. I already.